South Dakota fights for its right to party as Governor Kristi Noem sues the Biden administration to get its 4th of July fireworks show back. Christopher Vondercheck from Forum News Service joins us. I'm Lawrence Coletti, and this is Legal Talk Today. Welcome back, listeners. Thank you for being here and sharing your day with us. We have an interesting show for you today. But first, we need to thank our sponsor, Noda. Noda is powered by M&T Bank because you went to law school to be a lawyer, not an accountant. Take advantage of Noda, a no-cost IELTA management tool that helps solo and small law firms track client funds down to the penny. Visit trustnoda.com forward slash legal to learn more. That's Noda spelled N-O-T-A. Terms and conditions may apply. All right, let's say hello to our guest, Christopher Vondercheck. He's the South Dakota correspondent at the Forum News Service. Welcome to the show, Christopher. Thanks, Lawrence. It's great to be here. Well, I have an opening question for you. Now, you're the sure. uh, the South Dakota correspondent for basically a North Dakota publication. So in terms of the yep. compass, you seem a little lost. So tell me about the work you do at Forum <laughs> News Service. Right, right. So I basically, you know, I cover a lot of the political issues coming out of Pierre there in the capital in South Dakota because um, there is a wide interest, uh, you know, Forum News Service is rooted in North Dakota, but a lot of papers in Minnesota, as well as Northwestern Wisconsin. And, you know, folks have kind of a regional interest. And so I cover a lot of the political issues in Pierre, but I also cover uh, such as wildfires out in the Black Hills. Um, and then, of course, in Sioux Falls, uh, kind of an economic hub for the region. We have a healthcare reporter in, in Sioux Falls who covers more of that regional stuff, but I kind of get all over the state. Okay. Sounds perfect. Sounds perfect. So a big territory there and uh, you got uh, several states. I guess you get to see a lot of different perspectives. Yeah, I got to put a lot of miles on our new used car. So (laughs) (laughs) it's going well. Well, let's get to this case, this lawsuit that was filed by uh, Governor Christie Nome. And so I have to say probably one of the greatest opening lines to a case I've read in quite some time. And so it sprinkled in a lot, a little bit of John Adams and a little bit of Calvin Coolidge. And so let me me, uh, quote this for the audience real quick. So Independence Day should be celebrated by every generation of American with pomp and parade with shoes Games, sports, guns, bells, bonfires, and illuminations from one end of this continent to the other. As a distinctly national monument, Mount Rushmore was designed to be a national shrine to which future generations will declare their continuing allegiance to independence and self-governance. And so that is how you open a lawsuit. What do you think about that, Christopher? Yeah, no, it was quite a bang. I actually, when I, uh, you know, we kind of (laughs) suspected that was coming, you know, sort of the lawsuit there had been, the announcement from NPS, there had been the letter Governor Nome sent to the Biden administration. And so then when we finally got the lawsuit, it was, um, I actually read reached out to the, I guess, one of the books that they're quoting is from the University of Pennsylvania uh, library. And it's uh, about like the history of fireworks in America. And so I was sort of fascinated by these references, kind of antiquated, like kind of uh, terms uh, referring to explosions or celebratory, yeah, uh, pyrotechnics. <laughs> no, I love it. That, that, that definitely gets your attention. So made mm-hmm, for a nice mm-hmm. late night read last night. So, well, <laughs> well, let's start with the facts of this case. We always start from the very beginning here. So tell us the facts and who the parties are involved, because I understand it's uh, an agency, a government agency and some sub agencies. Yes, yes, basically. So Nome is um, suing in in U.S. District Court in South Dakota uh, in the central sort of division there. And Pierre, she is suing uh, 
specifically the Department of Interior, Deb Holland, which oversees uh, the National Park Service. And Herbert Frost is the regional director who uh, basically declined or denied a special permit request in March that the Nome administration had made in October to host the fireworks uh, celebration at Mount Rushmore National Memorial this coming July 4th, and following up from what they had done last year, which of course was the first time fireworks have been brought back to the monument since the late 2000s. And they had gone on for about 10 years. And of course, last year also uh, had a presidential visit from then President Donald Trump. There was also a protest outside of the event, which has had its own kind of legal battles. It was certainly quite an event for the Black Hills. Yeah, I definitely want to ask you a little bit more about uh, kind of that hiatus they had from the fireworks show a little bit later. But um, just to clarify, so no, Governor Nome is doing this on behalf of the state of South Dakota, correct? Yes. Okay. Correct. Yes, yes. And there is, and that's actually, the Associated Press just reported earlier this week about kind of an interesting legal strategy by Governor Nome, which has been often to take on these lawsuits herself rather than having them funneled through the Attorney General Jason Roundsburg. The Attorney General is wrapped up in his own, um, I guess, criminal uh, case right now. Uh, he's being oh charged with, th- yeah, with three misdemeanors stemming from when he struck and killed a man on a roadside last September. He said he thought it was a deer, um, and then he drove off um, in the sheriff's car. (laughs) And so that's been sort of over the state for a year. And so it's no secret that Governor Nome and the Attorney General don't get along. So she herself, um, through through her office and her um, office counsel, has been handling a number of lawsuits, I guess one related to the Keystone Pipeline, but then, of course, this fireworks piece as well. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Okay. That's, uh, that's uh, yeah. some colorful accounts there. So. Uh, South Dakota news. Yeah. <laughs> well, now the, the origin of this suit was a letter that was received, uh, according to my notes, on March 11th, 2021. Yeah. It came from the uh, Department of the Interior, and they stated a series of reasons why they were not going to grant the permit this year for the fireworks show. So maybe just briefly walk us through that. Yeah, basically. So uh, Herbert Frost wrote a letter to Jim Hagan, who's the tourism secretary in South Dakota, basically saying, you know, kind of in the initial letter, it was a little bit high level, a little bit even arguably opaque as to the actual rationale for denying the special permit request to light fireworks off. Um, Some of the reasons alluded to were some concerns with COVID mitigation efforts. Obviously, we are now in a time now when the CDC has said folks who are fully vaxxed can, you know, don't have to wear masks for the most part. But this was back in March when he wrote this letter and he said they were still concerned about having large groups meet, you know, during the summer months. Uh, he also mentioned the uh, lack of communication or, or the presence of problems with some of the tribal partners in Western South Dakota with respect to having this fireworks event. And he also sort of alluded to some potential kind of damage to the um, to Mount Rushmore Memorial itself that had happened both last year and that he was concerned about perhaps, you know, exacerbating some of those problems this coming year. Now, Governor Nome, to her part, actually wrote directly to President Biden in a letter addressing some of those points. Now, I'm assuming she has not heard back from the president, correct? 
Right, right. As far as I know, there has not been. Uh, she did go to inauguration, but as far as I know, she has not heard back in the letter. We haven't heard that, at least. Uh, there has been a response, though, in court. I mean, if essentially, so, you know, when it came to the lawsuit, they basically uh, kind of took a page out of the book with respect to the California Regents lawsuit against uh, the Department of Homeland Security for DACA. And they said, look, you know, you're not basically following the uh, Administrative Procedures Act on uh, denying our request for a permit. Uh, you're not giving us a good enough rationale. It's not detailed enough. You're not answering our questions about why we can't host this event. And in the most recent court filing, uh, in a statement from Herbert Frost, they basically kind of go into more detail about each of those complaints, ranging from a travel consultation effort that essentially didn't get any buy-in from the tribes that they were cool with the fireworks happening. They talked about uh, up to $60,000 of damage that were done to the pavers last year due to the event. And uh, also talked about kind of, again, concerns with uh, large groups meeting during COVID-19. And then also spoke about uh, sort of the, well, two different environmental problems. One being the ongoing drought that's that Western South Dakota is under, as well as the increase of sort of toxins in the water due to that decade or so that I alluded to earlier of uh, fireworks going off. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. So, yeah, I definitely want to give her, uh, Governor uh, Nome some uh, five stars for politics there because she knows how to put this uh, issue front and center by contacting the president directly. But uh, Totally, totally, yeah. Well, let's build out the authority dynamics here just a little bit. And so I think what was confusing is that, you know, Mount Rushmore is inside South Dakota, but there's um, some other authority that's federal that comes uh, over the supervision. And so you've got sub-agency, you know, the Fish and Wildlife and Parks. You've got the National Parks service. But of course, as I understand, they're under the umbrella of the Department of the Interior. So, and then you wrap this up with the executive branch, of course, President Biden. So walk us through some of the authority dynamics. Who actually controls and manages Mount Rushmore? Yeah, that's a great question. That's a great question. Well, it's interesting to know. I mean, I think to answer that bluntly, I would say the um, National Park Service. Okay. And that's who these employees are under for the most part. And then, of course, Department of Interior is overseeing NPS. It's like a marquee sub-agency, if you want to say. You know, most folks oftentimes, they maybe know of national parks. They haven't always, they don't necessarily know who oversees them. But that, you know, and essentially it's Deb Holland, right? So Secretary of the Interior, Deb Holland. And um, previous agreements have been reached with the previous secretary, uh, Bernhardt, under the Trump administration, with Governor Nome to host these fireworks. What's interesting is that Deb Holland is named as the, you know, the top uh, party, I guess, defendant in the lawsuit. Uh, but she didn't actually, she wasn't sworn into her job until March 16th. And as you said, this letter from Herb Frost came on March 11th. Uh, and so in theory, this decision had been made, and he's a uh, career staff, not a political appointee. And so in theory, decisions had been made in NPS, in DOI, maybe even as high up as someone in the White House. You know, we don't know prior to Deb Holland ever sort of stepping on the scene. All right. Before we wait into that government soup, uh, you know, I just and the claims, you know, related to, you know, what relief is Governor Nome actually asking for with her lawsuit here? Yeah, yeah. So she's basically asking for a temporary or well, I mean, she's she's asking for a preliminary injunction against the decision. She wants essentially this denial of the special use permit request 
to be overturned and then the National Park Service Department of Interior to give her the green light to light fireworks off at Mount Rushmore this summer. And she notes that, you know, web traffic and sort of free advertisement was really boosted because of last year's event. And so in the lawsuit, they say the state alludes to like tens of millions of dollars in direct spending and in basically fancy legal term for like free advertising (laughs) will be missed out by South Dakota if the state is not allowed to host this celebration. Yeah, and that kind of dovetails in with the history that you previously talked about. You know, this fireworks show is a pretty big moneymaker for their tourism industry. Mm -hmm. You know, South Dakota is not a gigantic state like California, you know, and so this is, you know, one of the ways that they generate uh, attention for the state tourism, what South Dakota has to offer. And like you said, free advertisement because it gets covered. But one of the things that I noted in there was that the web traffic was quite a bit up during 2020 because that show was featured. It was pretty audacious. I saw it and you know, it looked really cool. I mean, it really did the flybys, the fireworks. I mean, it looked sure, pretty yes. neat, especially in it's a time when the country is shut down, right? So, mm-hmm. but anyway, that that was kind of part of this uh, memo of agreement and project agreement from the Department of Interior. Now, this was under the Trump administration. This fireworks show, as you said earlier, kind of fallen on some hard times because of some environmental concerns and some wildlife concerns. And so these agreements, the Department of the Interior working with South Dakota to try to get this show going again. So this was kind of a blow to South Dakota, correct? Yeah. I mean, it depends on who you talk to in terms of how they describe the sort of the ending, the first time ending of the fireworks, right? They had gone on for about a decade. But interestingly enough, the state's forest in the Black Hills was facing, and and it's sort of arguably still facing some lingering effects of this, just a a massive problem with uh, the pine beetle epidemic. Oh, yeah. Right. And so what was happening was that if you look at, and and there's actually a a separate report that just came out about basically from uh, USDA and the U.S. Forest Service about sort of the rapid increase in fire occurrences in the Black Hills over the last 20 years. So in 2009, under the Obama administration, they said, hey, we're going to you know, we need to basically, uh, there's been some some fires have started in the past because of these events. We have concerns with a drying forest. We have concerns that we're going to basically light up part of the Black Hills here. We don't want to do that. There are a lot of, it's very heavily residential in the Black Hills. There are a number of homes close to Mount Rushmore and the 1,200 acres there. And so they stopped the fireworks. And I've talked to people in the court filings. Uh, Herb Frost notes that, you know, Some years, Rushmore will attract up to 40,000 people because different than last year when they had to limit it because of the presidential visit and due to COVID, they had to limit the tickets to 7,500 people who could go into the memorial itself. In past years, you know, people were coming in on the RVs, you know, starting at eight in the morning till till 8 p.m. at night. And so some people in Keystone proper told me they were actually kind of relieved that there wouldn't be (laughs) such because they could have more people come in um, without this visit. Now, you have to keep in mind, too, that I don't think Biden would be showing up this July 4th. And so I don't know if they would have to cap the fireworks, you know, at the same level as they did last year for security concerns due to the president's visit. But nonetheless, if you go out and talk to the random person who lives in the Black Hills, who has been out there for 10, 20 years, they all will speak kind of nostalgically for the time when the fireworks were a regular summer occurrence at Rushmore. Um, There are, of course, fireworks all over the hills, but at the monument itself. And people, yeah. And so there was kind of a, um, a special pride people took in that event. 
Yeah, no, that that pine beetle situation is one I'm pretty familiar with uh, being from Colorado and it definitely in, oh, impacts sure. those uh, tourist towns. And, you know, it's a familiar argument. You know, you've got the the locals in the town. They don't like all the crowds, but they do like the business that comes through when you have these uh, sort of monarch events. But uh, that kind of paves the way for the legal claims. And so I want to briefly get into that. We're running out of time, but I definitely want to get through the legal claims that Governor Nome is making here. Now, so these stem out of the permit being denied, which was under their memo of agreement and their project agreement from the Department of Interior, they were really trying to get this fireworks show back on the rails. And then when they denied that permit, it opened up some claims from agency law. And then I guess also a notion of uh, Congress unconstitutionally delegating legislative power. So can you uh, just kind of walk us through that uh, government soup there? Yeah, totally. So the first, the first claim or the first, like, I guess, legal argument is that they didn't, um, essentially the Biden administration, the Department of Interior did not dot their I's and sort of cross their T's when making the decision to do an about face on the fireworks. And that fell foul of the Administrative Procedures Act. And there's a kind of rhyme and a reason for the way you do these things. And even looking at you know, they are invoking the DACA decision from the Supreme Court last year. And, you know, looking at that decision, Chief Justice Roberts, you know, quoting from the, the his opinion, he says that, you know, if you're going to make an about face as a regulatory group, you have to, quote unquote, provide additional policy reasons and justifications before restoring the rule of law. And so, you know, essentially, Noam's people are saying that didn't happen in this case, but we haven't been given good arguments as to why the court or, or why the um, agency, you know, denied our use permit. The second argument is uh, essentially that it goes back to a, they're referencing a New Deal in a Supreme Court case by saying, look, you know, Congress can't just simply, you know, give all of this wherewithal to these agencies and have these agencies kind of sort of do whatever they want with these national parks that, that you know, there's too broad a scope for the kind of um, decision-making power that these sort of unelected bureaucrats have. And so that's the second, I guess, the second half of uh, Gnome's team's case. We'll catch us up with where we are now. Now, as I understand, the Cheyenne River Sioux Tribe has joined the lawsuit. So I guess, where are yep. we with this lawsuit? You know, Fourth of July is coming up. And so I guess, uh, where are we? And do you think that South Dakota is going to maintain its right to party? Yeah, I don't know. So, okay, well, the latest is that we have, right, last week, Cheyenne River Sioux Tribe, uh, Judge Lang allowed them to join as a sort of a special intervener on the side of the government, the federal government, rather. And then uh, there's also been a sort of friend of the court brief from um, 17 attorneys general, entirely all Republican, so sort of political friends of or um, aligned with Nome, and uh, they are basically arguing that hey, they're you know citizens of their states want to go to Mount Rushmore, and uh, it, to sort of quote you, they want to party right <laughs> on July Fourth. And so, uh, I mean, it, it's obviously they have they're making more than just that for their legal case, but that is certainly one of the arguments. And at this point, it's interesting to know. I mean, we're yeah, here we are on the cusp of Memorial Day weekend, July Fourth. Sadly, as fast as summer often goes, we'll be here very soon. And Kelloland News in South Dakota, Bob Mercer, a reporter in Pierre, just reported, I think, yesterday that uh, as far as he can tell, there have been no requests for proposals or contracts with any fireworks vendors for July 4th. So whether the Nome administration has some pyrotechnic crew on retainer <laughs> who can whip into sort of action uh, in a couple of weeks to set up an event or whether they don't think that they can actually win this case, I guess, you know, we'll have to wait and see. 
Well, you know, I would never underestimate an American's desire to blow something up on Fourth of July. So, <laughs> fair just, enough, right? We you could just never know, you know. Especially quickly. this year, you know, America's probably got the yeah. worst case of cabin fever in history after the pandemic lockdown. So, no, that is so true, and I think that you know, and as I mean, if folks find themselves, I was just out at Badlands National Park just a few days ago. I mean, the hills are certainly a summer destination and they're already flush with people who are coming fireworks or not. So I'm hoping that for the local businesses and, you know, who depend upon that tourism revenue, it's very seasonal economy in parts of the hills that, you know, folks are going to be coming either way. It's a beautiful place. And there are plenty of fireworks that are happening in other parts of the hills if Rushmore doesn't happen. So (laughs) if I can vouch for my state that way. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Christopher, I really enjoyed our conversation. Thanks for uh, thanks for joining us on the air today. Thank you so much, Lawrence. It's been fun. Yeah, and if our listeners, they want to uh, follow up, learn more about the work you do, where can they find you? Yeah, so just uh, at Chris Von Dracic, uh on Twitter or through Forum News Service, they can find, you know, the stories that I'm putting out every day. And we usually, you know, again, papers in North Dakota, Minnesota, South Dakota, and parts of Wisconsin. So sometimes, you know, the publication name might change, but you'll see my byline on those stories. And thank you, listeners, for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. We really appreciate the time you invest with us. And one more thank you to our sponsor, the fine folks at Noda. You can find them at trustnoda.com forward slash legal. And Noda is spelled N-O-T-A. And last but never, never least, thank you to our team producer, Molly McDonough, and our LTN audio crew for their continued hard work. It's been Legal Talk Today. I'm Lawrence Coletti. Have a great day, everybody. (laughs) 